You're listening to Bottom Shelf Bitcoin. This is episode 15. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bottom Shelf Bitcoin, the podcast that puts Bitcoin knowledge within everyone's reach. As always, I'm your host, Josh Humphrey. Today, we are going to be going over both some Bitcoin history and discussing something that may be on the horizon as well. My guest today is Lynn Ulbricht, mother of Ross Ulbricht, who started the Silk Road, one of the first Bitcoin markets. Um, eventually the government stepped in and shut down the Silk Road, but I'm going to let Lynn actually tell that story because she's going to do a much better job than I am. And there's a lot more to it than just that. So, uh, Lynn, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. So, um, just for our audience, because, uh, some people may be longtime Bitcoiners and some people may be relatively new, um, the short version, just so they kind of have an idea of where this is going, uh, and correct me if I step, I mean, if I, if I miss say any of this, but the short version is, um, uh, the Silk Road basically was created by Ross. It allowed people, allowed users to buy and sell uh, nonviolent, non-harmful goods and services for Bitcoin, um, including but not limited to drugs. And then at some point, the government stepped in, not only shut down the site, but also arrested Ross and threw a pretty uh, awful series of missteps in the the justice and legal system um ross was sentenced to uh double life yeah well that's pretty much it um yeah the 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 site was created not as a drug site but as a um site that protected the privacy of its users and there were things that were prohibited that created victims or were involuntary or used force so for example child pornography was not allowed Um, weapons were not sold, Um, uh, stolen property, that sort of thing. But um, drugs were considered a choice and um, they were allowed. Um, But there were a lot of other things on the site. You wouldn't know it from the media, but I mean, there was raw milk and books and art and gold and um, keychains. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that were on there uh, also. Now, granted, the biggest product by far was uh, marijuana, small uh, quantities of user amounts of marijuana, average sale $40. So there was, if you want to classify marijuana in there, uh, that was the, you know, biggest by far product. But um, it wasn't presented, it was barely mentioned at trial that even marijuana was uh, on Silk Road. They never mentioned any of the legal things or the, you know, more, um, they basically focused on drugs the whole time. Sure. And um, so you'd never know from the trial or the media that it was much more of a diverse site. It was really user, it was vendor and buyer driven. So what people within those limitations I mentioned wanted to buy and sell and using Bitcoin. So it was really the first proof of use of Bitcoin um, that I know of. The You know, certainly the biggest. Yeah. Uh, so I got into Bitcoin or I first heard about Bitcoin kind of around the time that all of this happened. Um, and, and even, even my friend who, um, 
was telling me about it kind of now I know his feelings on uh, the drug war and things like that. So I don't think this was his intention, but in the uh, interest of brevity, he just kind of said, Oh yeah, it was a site where, uh, you know, kind of the big thing was drugs and they shut it down, you know? So even, even among that community, sometimes that was the reputation. Oh yeah. Well, that was the main thing, you know, especially if you factor in marijuana. Right. Right. Because it was anonymous. And so obviously it would attract, um, sales for people who were selling things that um, they could be arrested for. Sure. Give us a little bit of, of kind of Ross's background and how, you know, I guess his experience with computers or things like that of how he got into all this. Well, um, he, Ross is not a programmer, uh, despite what you might read. He's, he's never been a programmer. He's not very versed in programming languages. Uh, he was a physics major and then he got his master for a bachelor's degree, and then he got his master's in material science, which is basically physics and chemistry and that kind of thing that's applied to materials. Um, so he isn't a programmer. Uh, Ross was very interested in freedom and free markets and Austrian economics, and he worked on the Ron Paul campaign, and he just became on fire for freedom and wanted to spread the word of free markets to people. And to that end, he um, created a video game that he almost got published where, you know, people would be playing. It was based on Austrian economics. So when people playing the game, they would actually experience what that was. And um, it didn't get published. And and so um, he created a platform that was on the Internet um, to the same end. That's what he was interested in. And um, but he didn't you know, have advanced computer skills or anything like that, uh, which begs the question, was one person who had limited computer skills actually running this multi, you know, supposed multi-million dollar, they say billion, it wasn't a billion, even the government doesn't say a billion, but um, multi-million dollar enterprise uh, from a cafe on his laptop, it's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that about the the video game thing. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that sounds like that would have been <laughs> would have been a good game. Yeah. His might not have done this, and I, and he wouldn't be in prison right now. Yeah. Um, mm. So, uh, kind of, if you will, kind of walk us through, um, I guess, the events that that led up to or are surrounding the the shutdown and Ross's arrest. That's a long, I mean, the whole investigation, there's going to be a, um, actually, we're working on a whole thing showing what exactly that, but it's very long and footnoted and complicated because it was really um, a multi-agency effort and they were competing with each other and there was corruption involved and um, there was all kinds of things going on leading up to Ross's arrest, including pursuing another person who the uh, person in charge of the investigation thought was Dread Pirate Roberts, not Ross. And um, so there's questions about that as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's a pretty big question, all of okay. things leading up to his arrest. But, okay. um, <laughs> but um, it uh, will be on our website. We're going to put up a, um, a case history that's very detailed and a lot of things that people don't know. Okay. And so that's freeross.org. Yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. 
And so can you give me kind of like a time frame? Cause I'm trying to remember what, what were the kind of years? Mm-hmm. And also just FYI on um, freeross.org, there's a timeline, which is okay. um, helpful, but um, yeah, Ross is arrested in October of 2013. Okay. And um, so, and they shut down the site at that time. Interestingly, seven weeks later, Dread Pirate Roberts uh, logged into the uh, Silk Road forum from his account. So I'm very curious to know who that was since Ross was in solitary confinement. Um, But uh, there's a lot of weird questions about this whole case that have been either hidden, suppressed, um, sealed, undisclosed, encrypted. I mean, there's all kinds of things that have not come out that is quite frustrating, really. Um, because I know there's a whole lot more to this story. So that's when Ross was arrested. And um, his trial was in 2015, and his sentence was in 2015. And, you know, he's he's been in jail for almost five years. Wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, and then in in between those times, um, you know, my understanding is it's come out that several, if not many, of the agents and agencies involved, it, it, there's been a lot of um, corruption charges brought up, and a lot of. It seems like every time I turn around, they're bringing out some new. Uh, I, I'm finding out they're publishing something new that, like, something involved in the process was not correct. Oh yeah, I mean there there's there are many violations in the opinion of the defense, um, and now the. And there were two corrupt agents that are now in prison who were uh, the jury wasn't permitted by the judge to know about. She wouldn't have let the jury know about these corrupt agents who had were investigating Silk Road and had the run of the site, could change things. They had the ability to act as Dread Pirate Roberts. They had the ability to do all kinds of things, uh, you know, change chats, delete things. And that, you know, that's another thing that we uh, was discovered after trial is that someone with access deleted big portions of um, evidence because what was discovered after trial was a more complete document and file of the same thing, and it showed that it was deleted. So there was tampering, and we don't know how much was deleted. We don't know how what it even said, but um, it, was, it was tampered with. So, um, yeah, and so these two corrupt agents are in prison now, and um, the jury couldn't even know that they existed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're at okay. another court, by the way. The biggest meth dealer on Silk Road was at another d- district. He was in the Ninth Circuit. And that judge cut his sentence in half because of the involvement of these corrupt agents. Um, whereas in New York, where Ross was dragged to from California where he's arrested. He would have no connection to New York at all, except that Chuck Schumer was behind the whole thing and wanted him there, I guess. Um, uh, they, you know, didn't even allow the jury to hear it. What grounds did they use then? I'm, I guess I'm confused about, I mean, it sounds like you are as well, but this uh, bringing him to New York, what's, uh, did they give a, a reason for justifying that? Well, they said, oh, well, it was the internet, so it's, it, can be anywhere and when and oh when gosh. the southern district of new york wants you what i've been told is they get you they're they're just known as um 
Well, one one lawyer called them the second New York Mafia. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jeez. They're tough and um, and ruthless and um, vicious, really. Now, what what was the actual conviction? I mean, well, what was the, the cr- again listed on our website? But it's um, uh, let me think. Um, and it's different because they dropped some of it for the sentencing. But it was basically trafficking in narcotics, and then they put the kingpin charge on him saying that a website basically saying a website host is the same as el chapo or pablo escobar and calling him a kingpin and the kingpin alone has a life sentence and implies violence even though ross's charges were all nonviolent. right he's nonviolent, and um and then there was some more there was stuff like um conspiracy to hack even because not because he hacked into anything but because some people sold software on the site that could be used to hack um, money laundering. They always have that. And um, false IDs, because I guess somebody sold false IDs on Silk Road. So they charged him with conspiracy. It's like saying Jeff Bezos is in a conspiracy with everybody who buys and sells on Amazon or, you know, eBay is in a conspiracy with, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, how many how many. Uh scammy not scammy but you know things that we see on amazon that's like ah, eh, that's kind of a knockoff but you never see jeff bezos yeah. get arrested or you know yeah. well on facebook uh, facebook has live has murders on it right and and there's all kinds of drugs being sold on there i've been told i don't really know and um same with uh, craigslist my goodness craigslist people have died there's all yeah. kinds of scams on craigslist tons yeah, so it's a very inconsistent um, very, enforcement very. of this this view that uh, a website uh, manager or host or whatever is is responsible for everything that happens on that domain. Oh man! Exactly. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, in March, you guys had the uh, the defense before the Supreme Court, or let's see, hang on. Uh, um, no, um, let's see what, uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about in March, but, um, uh, what happened? Well, you mean this past March? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I was, I had the, okay. the timeline well, what pulled happened, up. Okay. The, what happened was in December, well, first Ross, Ross's attorneys appealed the trial and okay. the conviction okay. and the sentence in the second circuit. And that was October of, um, gosh. 16, I guess. God, I, I need a total timeline myself. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, actually, I have it up, and I'm not reading it. Um, and uh, they shot it down. Again, um, well, I won't make any comments. It's just they shot it down. Yeah. And then um, Ross's team, a new team, a new lawyer, um, petitioned the Supreme Court. And that happened in December, this past December. And then 21 uh, organizations... Uh, supported the petition uh, in five what's called an amicus brief. Well, five amicus briefs, which means friends of the court, which is when other people step up to support a petition saying this is important. And uh, so that was um, that was in January. And then we just found out in March that okay. um, that's what you're talking about, March. <laughs> um, everything blends together for me, I tell you. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Uh, that they did not reject the um petition which is great news yeah because they could have just rejected it and then we would be really out of options Mm. but they didn't and um 
So they, it looks like, excuse me, they're holding it for another Fourth Amendment case, which is a Carpenter versus U.S. And depending on the, how they rule on Carpenter will de- affect how Ross's case goes. Okay. And so now, I mean, obviously this is huge um, implications personally for you and your family. And I just can't even imagine the position that you guys are in. But, um, you know, I think sometimes people have a hard time feeling like something is important if it doesn't ref- affect them directly. But what, um, you know, kind of this is fourth uh, Fourth Amendment implications for everyone and, and, and other things as well. Yeah, there is. Um, there's a page on our website, a precedence page, showing what precedent, why you should care about this case for yourself, not just for Ross. And um, it talks about the different precedents that are being set here. Um, there's a huge privacy question, which is before the Supreme Court, which is saying, does a, the government have the right to search and seize an individual's internet browsing activity without a warrant, without probable cause, meaning a good reason they have to present to a court, and um, without any oversight? They just can do it. You don't know they're doing it. They're just doing it. And right now, that they can do that. And part of Ross's petition is... Um, uh, challenging that and saying this needs to be changed because they should at least have to get a warrant, which yeah. isn't that hard. They can get warrants. I mean, it's not, right. but they don't even want to do that because I suppose they'd have to be out in the open. So, and the thing is the implication is not just, okay, they're going to check out my browsing habits and they'll be really bored and whatever, or they'll say, oh, she's a weirdo because she's involved in Ross Ulbricht's case or whatever. But, right. Um, but uh, they can also use it to see what politicians are doing online, what judges are doing online, and maybe they are doing stuff they don't want people to know, and maybe they could use it to blackmail them, or right. see what different political groups people are involved in. Um, maybe they want to persecute those people for some reason, or the person in, in power at the time does. This is all very troubling. I mean, this is you know not good. They should at least have to have a warrant. And um, so that's one of the questions that's at stake and it affects us all. Um, there's a First Amendment question of free speech because the judge used Ross's political philosophy, which is basically libertarian, to enhance his sentence. She even said, I know you started this for philosophical reasons, and I don't know that you've given it that up. So basically she's saying, well, I just got to have to put you in a cage for life because you, you're you a libertarian. Yeah, yeah, I had seen that. And I just, man, I, I can't even understand how, I mean, I guess because she's the judge in that room, there's no authority higher than her, but I can't, I can't understand how even an appeals wouldn't at least consider that. I know, and they didn't. They didn't seem to care about that uh, because once they denied the appeal, our lawyer went back with that one of those issues and they don't, Apparently, they're not concerned. Um, another thing that's one of the Supreme Court petitions is, uh, does a judge violate the Sixth Amendment of right to a jury trial by taking an uncharged crime that the jury never ruled on or was not even presented with in any formal way with, a, you know, having to, with proof and all of that to enhance a very excessive sentence, which is exactly what she did with the murder for hire allegations, which were never brought to trial, 
never proven, dropped by the government, uh, and uh, and and uh, yet she referenced them and and justified, among other things, other unproven things, justified her sentence with them. This is a violation of the Sixth Amendment because the reason the founders wrote the Sixth Amendment partially was to protect the accused from this kind of judicial overreach and give the accused a, a decision by 12 of who were supposed to be his peers and um, rather than one person. And um, that's kind of up for grabs too in this case. And it ha- it's had been happening a lot through the decades apparently that judges just do this. Someone can even be acquitted at trial and they'll still grab it and use it against them. In Ross's case, it wasn't even charged. Hmm. Um, and then there's all the implications of the drug war, which we can, you know, can go into, but the drug war, you know, is not about stopping drug use, obviously, Correct. Um, <laughs> or else they would have figured out something that actually worked. Um, so it's, you know, there's the whole drug war aspect of it. The excessive sentencing, which is going on in this country at an alarming rate, life sentences have quintupled quintupled since the 80s wow when i was a kid that we didn't there, hardly anybody got a life sentence you had to be like a mass murdering maniac to be put away for life right. you didn't, and now i mean a, a friend and fellow inmate of ross where he is now is in there for life for selling marijuana wow and the federal prison is in colorado where it's legal and this guy tony is serving life for marijuana that's just unthinkable. It is. You know, you and just, he's not the only one. I know of other just strictly pot people who are serving life. I've just signed two petitions to, so, I mean, it's just, it's so evil and so horrible. And, um, and it's not only for, for, for drugs. A lot of the excessive sentences are for drugs. But I read about a guy who got 130 years for stealing tires. Tires? Yes, tires. And I, I couldn't believe it when I read it. I was like, "This is this these some of these judges are out of control." Absolutely terrible. Yeah, and, uh, wow. but you know the whole system makes a lot of money, and um, they also gain a lot of power. And um, it's a huge jobs program. The whole prison industrial complex. I mean, where I live, I moved to Colorado to be near Ross. Sure. Um, there's like 11 prisons. They're all, most everybody in this town I live in and the surrounding towns work for the prison. Wow. Yeah, it's a huge employer. Um, and then there's the precedent that you touched on about who's responsible. Is it a website host? Is it a person using it? Um, and they've come up with this legal theory called vicarious liability, meaning you maybe didn't do it, but you're responsible for what somebody else does. And the government actually indicted, criminally indicted Federal Express for um, uh, transporting unknowingly, I believe, uh, illegal pharmaceuticals. And, um, you know, someone may use FedEx to send them. And they criminally indicted Federal Express for drug trafficking and money laundering. And um, they eventually dropped it because, um, you know, FedEx has deep pockets and sure. teams of lawyers. And they, you know, it's like, uh, no, you know. Uh, that's another precedent, though, that website hosts really should pay attention to because, um, you know, sometimes you don't even know what's on your site. Right. She, was, she, the judge, 
grabbed comments that she didn't say Ross wrote. She just said they were on the site and used them at sentencing to give him the sentence. Man, that's it's so yeah. frustrating to hear. And I know it, it has to be just beyond enraging for you. And, and it has to be difficult to, to even restate it because, man, I just, I think of it and I, it just makes me angry of the, the abuse of power and the, you know, using just things that are unrelated to, to try and sway, you know, a jury or whatever. I guess there was, was there a jury at all? Yeah, no, there is a jury, okay. although 98% of people do not go to trial. They're bullied and pressured into pleading and told if they go to trial, they're going to lose, which they probably will. And, um, that they'll get a worse uh, repercussions. They'll get a worse sentence. So they usually plea. It's not a good... We're losing jury trials, which is a bulwark of our justice system. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we might as well just... Why don't you just... Why don't we just skip the whole thing then? Why, why are we doing the charade? Why don't, you know, the prosecutors just say what's supposed to happen and they run the place anyway. Yeah. And um, another thing, another precedent that was set is the... Um, digital evidence it was like 98 percent at least digital evidence in ross's trial it was all digital which i've been told by uh computer experts over and over again how vulnerable that is to tampering to you know deleting as we learned later that some evidence was deleted um planting and you can't tell a front you can there's no way to forensically tell if digital evidence has been tampered with there's no fingerprints there's no you just don't know Right. The only reason we knew this other one was tampered with is that it was discovered there was this other file that was complete. And so it was obvious that a big portion of it had been deleted. But that's the only reason we knew it even happened. Yeah. So who knows how much other stuff went on? Exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. There's no way to know. Man. And so how much did the did Bitcoin come up in the trial? Uh, it came up uh, they um, quite a bit. The government brought a, um, a witness, last minute witness, who actually, just as a side note, they paid $55,000 to come and testify. And I, um, I'm like, oh, gee, that must be nice to have all that money so that you can get do this. And um, we, the defense called a counter Bitcoin witness, um, Andreas Antonopoulos, oh, yeah. you probably have heard. Yeah. And um, he was ready to challenge the government's, um, you know, statements. They weren't correct. It's not how Bitcoin worked. It was very distorted. And he was not permitted to testify um, as a defense witness. So last minute, he was just told, don't get on that plane. You're not going to be allowed to take the stand because... Uh, there were various uh, reasons that the judge gave. Uh, and, you know, it, anyway, the uh, bottom line was that he didn't get to testify so that there was no defense uh, with the uh, Bitcoin question. What a travesty. Andrew is, I mean, he's, he's so knowledgeable and I mean, this I is kind of going off on a side thing, but he's so knowledgeable and he does such a good job of explaining things in a way that I only wish I could explain and yeah. he's got what three no, plus great. books now uh out explaining on on both a, an easy level and a, on a developer level as well so man that's mm-hmm. just what, yeah, a, what a, a big step to to not yeah. be allowed yeah right and uh so yeah so that was 
the whole trial was one thing like that after another. It was awful. It was just really awful. So I, I just hope we can get another one. Yeah. I hope we can do, you know, get a fair trial this time. And, um, you know, with all the evidence and everything. So it's not just this circus. Right. Right. Well, and it, and it, even beyond just this case, I mean, there's, there, like you said, so many precedents that are on the line here that I think everyone needs to be aware and everyone who's going to be using a computer or cares about the justice system needs to be aware of this case and needs to be doing what we can to, to support you guys. Um, so what, what can people do to, to get involved, to help, to support, spread the word? Well, um, yeah, well, our hub is freeross.org. So there's a lot of stuff on there. There's a take action page, that's different suggestions and ways to help. Um, of course, you know, we always need donations. There's ways to do that. If you buy on Amazon through our site, we get a little, and it doesn't cost anything to the, to you, you know, we get a little commission off that. And there's a, there's different ways. Like there's an art game um, based on a drawing Ross did that for a dollar, you can help reveal the drawing and there's um, a tax deductible option. Um, there's just different and we have a store so you could buy things in the store. So that's, you know, monetary um, because it's very expensive to do what we're doing. Absolutely. And that's, you know, the government has all the money. They, <laughs> there's no problem. They, sure. you know, they have it or they print it or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's one way they crush people. And there's a lot of people who are languishing in the prisons because they couldn't get good representation. So there's that. But there's also ways, you know, follow us on, you know, Twitter and, and like our page. We have a Free Ross Community Facebook page. And, you know, social media, Instagrams, Free Ross Ulbricht. And um, that's really helpful. And um, just to spread the word about the narrative, you know, the, what's really going on here, because it's, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of old news now. I mean, it was four years ago. And that's one of the things that I fear is that, you know, people just forget Ross and he'll just be <laughs> like with so many people just uh, warehoused mm. forever in this place. And um and by the way, it's it's a very violent place. It's not, you know, it's a maximum security prison they have him in, even though he never was was uh, convicted or accused of being violent in any way. And he's in there with violent gangs and violent people and because um, of his sentence. Because if you have a life sentence, you're automatically in there. That's why his friend Tony for the marijuana is in there too, even though they're they're not violent. And there's, you know, so that's a whole other issue. But, um, yeah, so just if they go to freeross.org and spread the word and, uh, you know, there's lots of ways to help. And also, if anybody has any political connections, um, any kind of high-level connections at all, um, please let me know. You can contact me. There's a contact uh, page or there's a contact uh, option at the LR footer um, come, and I'll answer but we really helpful. I think it, this is a political case and we need to have some kind of political, I don't know, help, I think would be helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. Take anything that uh, anybody out there can, can help with yeah. and yeah. make those connections. That's kind of the whole point of this networking thing. All of those, mm-hmm. um, I'll put links to all those things in the show notes for today, bottomshelfbitcoin.com oh, okay. slash 15. Um, 
And then I was looking on the website. You can also um, write to Ross as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can write him a letter. He, he doesn't, although all the other inmates have email, including uh, gang leaders who have national networks, they have email, but they won't let Ross have email. So, um, because I guess they're don't know, they don't really understand him and they think he can do anything. I don't know what they think. <laughs> I don't know. What seems- I, I honestly don't. It's like insane. It's, yeah. you know, he can't. so he doesn't have email. He's deprived of that, but he can, um, get letters okay yeah so yeah it'd be nice it's, then he knows he's not being forgotten that he's not alone absolutely it's, it's tough i imagine and so. that's one reason i moved you know i wanted to make sure he had a lifeline to the normal world and friends visit and other family but um you know i'm there filling in and always there week after week if unless somebody else is able to go gotcha. so gotcha. Yeah, because so many guys in there don't have visitors. I mean, it's so sad. They're, you know, and of course, they're moved far from their families. And you know, not too many people are able to pick up and move like I've done because uh, yeah. we have an Internet business. Gotcha. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sad state. What, what we're doing in this country with mass incarceration is terrible, really bad. Yeah. And so is there no consideration given on cases like this to to keep people anywhere close to where they are originally well, from? I think supposedly, but I talk to people all the time that are so, their loved one has moved all over the place. So I'm not sure how effective it is. I think they're supposed to do that, but I, it doesn't seem like they do that I can see. Yeah. People are traveling all from really far, and they, you know, it takes sometimes years though they between visits. I mean, it's it's difficult. Wow, expensive, you know. So absolutely, yeah. And then they move the prisoners too. They'll move them around, and I don't think they always keep them. I don't know. It's 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 really hard to to figure out the reasoning. You know, I've come to my saying in the prison is "Why ask why?" Because people go, "Why do they do that?" and "Why?" I'm like, "Why ask why?" There is no why. There is no mm. rational explanation. I can't give it to you. So, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, let me ask you. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of play uh, a foil or devil's advocate here because not too many years ago, I would say probably around that same time where where I first heard about Bitcoin and started getting into Bitcoin mm-hmm. was before I really kind of discovered. Um, libertarianism and things like that. And so, you know, I think for a lot of people who may be of, let's say a conservative background, like, like me or like kind of the area that I live in, um, people may say, okay, well it's excessive sentencing, but you know, they still have big issues, um, with drugs and they, they don't get the, maybe the frustration or the, or all the, the problems with the drug war and the way that all of this goes on. Um, and just say, well, you know, that's what you get when you, when you mess with drugs or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, I want to give you kind of a chance to respond to that and, mm-hmm. and, and how far it's taken over that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I'm not really defending Silk Road or many of the things people chose to sell on Silk Road. I, I, you know, think it was probably, it's a bad idea. I don't advocate drugs. I think people should not do drugs. That's yeah, not I'm, I'm in the same boat. I actually you know? work in a hospital. 
And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think you should. I think it, it's, you're messing up your own life. I just also don't think it's necessarily my place to use force to stop you from well, doing it. That's the question. The other thing is, I don't think people should smoke cigarettes. I think I hate seeing cigarettes. <laughs> I think it's really, really unhealthy. And, um, you know, we all know that. I also don't think people should drink too much because I've seen the ravages of alcoholism. And uh, I know someone whose brother died of just uh, alcohol poisoning from drinking so much. So people shouldn't drink too much either. You know, people people shouldn't do a lot of things. But but, um, the thing is, well, there is the question, where is the authority coming from for the federal government to tell you what you can or cannot do? with your own body, if you're long as you're not hurting someone else. And there really is no authority. The Constitution has nothing about it. When they made um, alcohol illegal, they had to pass, they did pass the thir- uh, 13th, uh, I forget which amendment now, they passed an amendment and uh, to the Constitution making it illegal. And then they had to pass, I think it was the 21st Amendment to repeal Prohibition. The 21st was repeal, yeah. To repeal it. And, um, they haven't done that with drugs. They just decided and gave themselves the authority. And and now they use it to, you know, put people in prison. Now, the drug war doesn't work. It's been going on for over 45 years. We've spent over a trillion, trillion with a T, dollars mm. in taxpayer money. And people are still doing drugs. It has, it has not worked at all. So just from the practical standpoint. And then we're putting people in prisons that is extremely expensive. It's like the most expensive and most evil hotel in the world. It's like the worst. And this is all taxpayer money. And and so that's something to consider. How about not continuing to do something that doesn't work? But the other part of the drug war, it's not really about drugs. That's the thing. If it were, they would do something that worked. But it does expand government power. They're able to trample on constitutional protections that that have precedents that spread out way past drugs, and they make a lot of money. And um, I believe as conservatives will agree that um, that's not good. That's not right. I mean, most conservatives are not for big, intrusive government. And the drug war is enabling the government to get bigger and more intrusive. That's not to say that, and the other thing about the drug war, and I've kind of learned this from the prison, is that it actually causes the violence because these violent gangs, it's all about their turf and having the drugs and, and having drug, it's all drug oriented. Well, that's because the price of drugs is artificially high because it's illegal. If it were legal and regulated or whatever um it wouldn't be expensive it would be like coffee or flour alcohol or cigarettes or some of the other you know things and there wouldn't be any of this violence it you know you don't see smirnoff and absolute going (laughs) to war in the streets over their vodka no so you know there's a lot and to speak to that i mean um, you know, during the time of prohibition was the rise of organized crime in America. Exactly. That's right. And now they have the cartels. The cartels wouldn't exist and be doing the horrible things they do if it weren't for the drug war because drugs, there wouldn't be no, there wouldn't be any profit in it. There wouldn't be enough profit in it. 
And this is happening in Portugal. And actually, a, a Portuguese guy that my husband met was telling him that, you know, for drugs, it, the drug thing was getting really bad in Portugal. It was dangerous. There was a lot of crime. And once they made it legal, he said it's completely cleaned up. He said it's great. It's gone back to being wholesome. And it's, it's pretty miraculous what's going on in Portugal and probably other places. But he was Portuguese. And um, it's kind of counterintuitive. But if you just look at the results, you can see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Well, and at the very least, I mean, I would, I know we're kind of getting off of your specific case and not really on Bitcoin either. This is just a constitutional okay. thing. But if, but you know, at the very least, they could kick it back to the individual states and let the oh, individual yeah. states. That's right. You know, give it a shot. Well, and, that's and decide what they're kind of doing anyway, aren't they? But well, yeah. that's true. But yes, that's well, that's what our country is supposed to be. Is, is a federalist system where the states have, you know, it's not the federal government. The federal government's supposed to have very limited, very limited powers. But they have a lot of power now. They pretty much run the place. And I don't even know why there's a federal criminal justice system at all. I don't, I really don't know. I, I, I have to look into the history of when all that happened. But what's the point? We have states. Why are they involved? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's mm, not a, it's a good about question. power and money. It's not about trying to stop drugs. Absolutely. In fact, yeah. if the drug war stopped, if people stopped taking drugs, they'd be they'd be really upset because they would you know all these people would be unemployed and they wouldn't have been making all the money they make with uh, civil asset forfeiture and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other topic we can yeah. go into. Just about the drug war too. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight, but uh, again, freeross.org. Um, and I'll have links to various parts of that website because like she says, it is a very thorough website. Um, I've kind of been looking through it and, and normally I put several different links to different articles and things, but I think I may just do links to just, <laughs> just that and some of your social media stuff as well. Cause I, it seems to be thorough enough. Um, and then oh, it's, uh, about, it's dense. It's very dense. <laughs> and it's about to get more dense. <laughs> but All it's right. a very complicated case. So yeah, you know, people can go as deeply into it as they want. Yeah. And then there's um there's also the dark web movie, correct? Or uh Deep Web. Deep, deep web. web, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I haven't watched that myself yet, but I've been meaning oh, you to can watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's good. It's good. And it's it's very engaging. It's not boring at all. It's very interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, if it's got your stamp of approval, then I'll, I'll go check it out. Yeah. It only goes up to the trial. Okay. As far as Ross is concerned, so it leaves a lot out, you know, cause it just, because it, a lot happened after, but sure. um, it's very good. And it's not only about Ross. I mean, it's about the whole deep web. So. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well guys, y'all go check out uh, freeross.org. Um, follow the everything on on twitter at free ross and again i'll put the at, links uh, it's free underscore ross at twitter. free underscore ross excuse me thank you for for correcting me there i would not want to yeah send them there's to another somewhere. guy named ross who has that he wouldn't let me have it <laughs> uh, okay okay so yeah free underscore ross on yeah. twitter and uh if you if you need other links bottomshelfbitcoin.com forward slash 15 anything else you want to anything else you want to say before we go lynn uh, no, we've covered a lot. I think people just really need to realize that it's very important to pay attention to these things because 
I think our freedom's on the line. I think we're in a very pivotal part time in history, and I think we need to pay attention, or we might just slide on down to um, a, a not a very free country, and I don't think we want that. No, no. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, I really, really appreciate it. Sure. You're welcome. All right. Okay, everyone, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Now, this is normally the part where I plug all my stuff and I encourage you to support the show, but you guys know how to do all that by now. This week, I'm going to skip that part and I'm just going to ask you to go support the Olberts somehow. Um, I'm going to put all the links to the different parts of the of their site on the show notes page at bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash 15. Um, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not really even asking you. I'm, I'm really kind of telling you. Um, to go, go look at those, go read through the site, look through the timeline, look through the politics, all these things that are involved. Understand that this does affect all of us. Even if you're not really a Bitcoin person or whatever, like Supreme Court issues, the precedents that this sets, all of these things are important. They should be important to you. They affect all of us or potentially will affect all of us. So go support this cause. Go buy something from their gift shop, donate directly. You can use Bitcoin, you can use various altcoins. Um, I think they've even got either Changely or Shapeshift integration. So even if you have um, have some kind of altcoin that's not supported, you can use Shapeshift integration or Changely. I don't remember. Go to the site. You can see which one it is. Um, you know, so donate directly, buy something from the shop, spread the word. If you know anybody that's... Um, got some political pool or something along those lines, use that, spread the word. If you've got any kind of real social media um, influence um, or just maybe you know someone that does, talk to them or send Ross a letter. Actually, I'm going to ask everybody to send Ross a letter. I am challenging myself as well to send Ross a letter. Let him know he's not forgotten. Let him know that you heard about his story and you know, you're thinking of him, you're praying for him, whatever. Um, you know, that's just, what a rough place. And uh, bottom shelfers, let's uh, make him feel like, you know, there's still people out there who remember him, who know who he is, who are appreciative of kind of the groundwork that he laid. Whether or not you agree um, with the things that were sold on Silk Road, that um, it's just ridiculous that the way that the legal system treats people. So, um, you know, like I said, this is bigger than me and you and this show. Um, in some ways, it's bigger than Bitcoin, maybe. Um, it, it's definitely more expansive in more areas of our life than just Bitcoin. And in, in a lot of ways, it's bigger than Ross. Like we said, this affects everyone. So go read up, find a way you can help, and then execute that plan. Um, all right, you guys come back next week. I am going to be talking with Ansel and Jeff from the Bitcoin is Freedom show and about um kind of a related topic opting out of the state's corrupt system so we'll see you guys next week for bottom shelf bitcoin i'm josh humphrey thanks for listening